You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. All right. Well, this morning we are starting a new series called Faith Through the Storm. Faith Through the Storm, okay? And um, this is, for me, something that the Lord put in my heart and um, something that personally that um, I know all of us have gone through and or if not, will go through some storms in our life. And so understanding how to deal with the storms of life is very important because storms of life come to us all. Storms of life will come to us all. But storms do not define us. Storms do not define us. And this is an important to understand is that storms that don't, will not define us and they will not destroy us either. Storms will not destroy us. But if we allow God to, storms will build our faith. Storms will develop our faith. And so we have to understand how to have faith through the storm. How to have faith through the storm. Hey, Justin, can you do me a favor? Can you come on up, man, and just play behind me a little bit as I say this, as I preach this? This message was birthed out of something in me that, what God was showing me, and I, and I feel like I want to have a level of transparency with you, because some of you are in the same boat that I am in, or you may be in, or you may be heading into, but over the last few months, and I, I shared with you guys some of the physical things that I've been going through in my body, but I have had a battle with something that I've never experienced in the 42 years of my life. Something that I would have never, ever thought that would ever touch the doorstep of my heart. But I've been battling with anxiety. Anxiety that comes in waves of fear. And I realized something. That in my life, there's opportunities and there's, there's needs to begin to understand this and how it works in our body. And there's needs to, to go and to talk to professionals and, and to get the help that is important for us to get in these times. But the reality is this, is that the ultimate source of our peace doesn't come from anything other than the Lord. It doesn't come from anything other than than the Lord. And there are times in our life where we are going through the storms of life and we don't see a future outside the storm. And in those times, we feel like God is desperately, desperately far from us. But it's in those times that God desires to become so close to us that it begins to form faith in us that is able to endure any storm that befalls our life. And I want to talk to you in this series about this. And I want to challenge our understanding and our thinking. And I want us to begin to, 
to look to God. And if you find yourself in a place where maybe you're struggling in a place of fear, you're struggling in a place of lack of understanding, I want you to begin to look to God and to begin to open up your heart to the promise that the Holy Spirit gives through the Word of God to say that God will anchor faith in you so deep that no matter how rough the waves of life rage around you, that there will be a peace inside of you that will make and bring you to a level of calmness. Amen? So I want to I go to the scripture with this. I wanted to set the framework for this, and I didn't want this to get lost. I wanted this to become something that you understood that we walk through this stuff. The storms of life, they do come. They're going to come, but they don't define you, and they will not destroy you. You will not drown in the storms of life. But if you allow God to, he will begin to define a faith in you that is greater than you can ever, ever, ever imagine that will bring a lasting real peace. Open your Bibles to Mark 4 or look on the screen. I'm going to read this familiar story that we probably all have heard or we've read or we know. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's Gospels, but I like Mark's account. In Mark 4, 35-41, it says this, That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this guy? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And this morning as we start this series, I want to, as we talk about faith through the storms of life, I want us to begin to look at the importance of where we focus, where we focus during the storm. And so we're going to talk about faith to focus in the right places, faith to focus in the right places, because how I go through the storms in my life is going to be determined by where I choose to focus. And this is the, the, the story behind the story here for the disciples on the boat. Is that, listen, they took their eyes off of the thing that Jesus had promised. They took their eyes off of what Jesus had said at the very beginning. They took their eyes off of the things that they should have been focused on. And they chose to look at the things that could overtake their lives. And there's two pivotal things that we must that we must focus on, focus our faith on during the storms of life. See, Jesus said something so important, and this is in your notes, and 
write this in your notes or just hear it. I, I don't care, okay? Just, just listen. Because Jesus said, said two pivotal things to the disciples before they even got in the boat. And the first thing is this. He said, let us go where? To the other side. Let us go to the other side. And here's the first thing that you have to understand in the storms of your life is this, is that Jesus knows the destination. Jesus knows the destination of your life. He's counted every second of every day of your life. And He has marked it and He knows it and He has planned it with the future and the hope. Faith that will get us through the storms of life begins when we choose to focus on the future that Jesus has in store for us. And I would argue that this is in the scripture for this very reason, but the disciples didn't even hear Jesus say that. I'm sure if you were to ask them in that moment that the water was coming over the side of the boat, What did Jesus say before you even got in the boat? They wouldn't even be able to tell you. But it's in there for us so that we understand that when the storms of life come, we have to begin to first understand that Jesus controls the destination of our life, and that destination is filled with future and hope. And faith requires us to put our eyes in that place. Faith requires us to put our eyes in the place of what Jesus is doing. Because in that place, our faith will be anchored even when storms come. Even though the journey that we go on will have highs and it will have lows, the destination doesn't change. The destination doesn't change. See, in your your journey... Of, of your life, there will be times when there will be great things that will happen, and then there will be times when not so great things happen to you. But that doesn't change the destination. That does not change the promise of what God has spoken to you. And what keeps us off the roller coaster of life from going and following those ups and downs that we all face from when times are good or times are bad and doubting the goodness of God. And going and saying, God, where are you, requires us to look to him and understand that he controls our destination. He controls our destination. And that means this, is that if he controls our destination, then we have to give him control of our steps. We can't begin to take things back in our hands when we feel like life is out of control. We have to anchor ourselves into what he says and what the word says. Because in that place where he has control of our steps, he will also resource our steps. He will resource the peace of your life. He will resource the day-to-day, the provision, the things that are necessary for whatever you are walking through. Why? Because he controls the destination. And this is the truth is that when Jesus speaks something and he says, you're going to go from here to here, you've got to understand that everything necessary to get you to the place he has called you to is already provided. 
It's our job to look to him and choose to anchor our faith in the place of his provision, his goodness, and his resource. The second pivotal thing that Jesus said here, that very honestly, I, I, I actually, as I read this again this last week, I never really noticed this. But Jesus doesn't just control the destination. Jesus knows the timing. Because when we read in Mark's gospel, this is what we read. Is that Jesus said, come on, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. And then it says, it was about evening time. It was about evening time. Having faith to go through the storms of life involves us trusting God, not just for the destination, but also for his timing. See, Jesus knew that what the water was going to be like then in the evening. Jesus knew that the storms and the gales and, and the, the, the winds were going to kick up in the evening. He understood. Nothing escaped him. Jesus wasn't caught by surprise when, when the storms began to rage. He knew the exact timing. See, and if here's the thing about fear in the midst of your storm, is that if the enemy can't get you to take your eyes off of the destination, if that's anchored in your heart, the next thing he will try to do is to get you to question the timing. Because here's the thing, is that walking through a storm of life is never going to come at a good time in your life. It's never going to happen at a great time. Like, hey, I was prepared for this. Guess what? Hey, I had nothing going on. This fell in between the holidays. And you know what? It's a, it's a fine time to walk through a very rough part of my life. That doesn't happen. But it doesn't catch Jesus by surprise. See, he understood the timing. And he knew, he knew, he knew that if he, we would anchor our faith and trust him in the timing, that something would happen in us that would begin to make us steadfast. I, I want to show you this passage in James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. I want you to see this. The importance of understanding the timing of God in the storms of our life. It says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now to be perfectly clear, it is not God who is doing the testing. It is not God who is bringing on the trials. Scripture is very clear about that. It's not. But understanding the timing and trusting God in the timing allows us to do something special it builds perseverance in our faith to say, God, even though this is happening at a time that I don't understand, even though this is coming and it's hitting my life here, I trust you that you are going to bring me through this, and I trust you as I'm going through it. See, there's a difference because we can say, God, I trust you to get me through, but be miserable through the process. But when we say, God, I trust you to get me through, but I know that you're right here with me while I'm going through it, there's something that is built inside of us. And this is what James 1 says. It says this, listen, 
This is the type of faith that makes us complete. It does something in us that can never be shaken and never be moved. When we learn to trust God in the timing of the storms of our life and say, listen, this didn't catch you by surprise. You didn't do it, God. You didn't bring it here, but you're going to get me through it. And as I go through it, you're going to resource me with peace and life as I go through it. Amen. I want to show you something really quick, and this is in your notes also. Just six simple things we can do on how we can begin to focus our faith. Because understanding that God is in control of our destination and our timing are important things that we have to anchor to. And there are truths in the word that we just have to come to and we have to agree with. We have to say, even though we don't feel these things or we see these things immediately in our life, we have to agree with them. Things like the love of God, the goodness of God. Don't argue with the goodness of God. Don't argue with the goodness of God. God is good. Establish it in your heart. God is faithful. Establish it in your heart. You might not see it right now, but you anchor yourself to But then there is also things in the Word of God that give us an opportunity to apply the Word immediately in our life. And if you'll allow me to, I want to just walk through these six things. In the scripture we're about to read, you're going to see just a very spiritual and practical way to begin to focus your faith in some areas that is going will allow peace, the peace of God to come. Philippians 4.8, and I want you to leave this on the screen, Abby, okay? It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. There's six things here that I want to talk about that the scripture mentions that I want to teach you and areas that you can begin to focus your faith if you're going through the storm of life. Places that you need to focus your faith even if you're not going through a storm that you have to look to because in this place, God will bring peace. The first thing that we see here is is this, is that we have to focus on what is true. So in your notes, it says this, I will not give way to irrational truth. Irrational truth. This word true means this. It means what is literally true. What is literally true in opposition to what is irrational. What is irrational? And the first thing that happens when we go through the storms of life is this is that the enemy will try to attach our thoughts into something that is not rooted in the truth. Something that is irrational. That is not locked into the truth. Truth that's rooted in an emotion, whether it's fear or insecurity, will ultimately betray you. And this is why the scripture, I believe, in Philippians 4.8 starts with this. That if you're going to Focus your faith somewhere. You need to focus your faith in what is true. And by doing that, you have to refuse to give in to any kind of irrational thinking. So how do we do that? 
How do we do that? We have to begin to anchor ourselves to the Word of God. When you're going through a storm in your life, you must anchor your faith in the Word. You have to get into the Word. You have to meditate on the Word. You've got to saturate your eyes and your heart and your mind with the Word of God. You've got to listen to the Word of God. You've got to sing the Word of God. You have got to be about the Word of God. Why? Because the Word of God is truth. And when things are storming around you and it feels like life is closing in, there are a lot of thoughts that are racing through your brain that are trying to come in and you're constantly weighing out those things. And the only way that you will win that battle in your mind to cut away from things that are irrational or not based in what is true is to anchor yourself in the truth of the Word of God. You have to focus your faith there. The second thing that the Scripture tells us is to think on things that are noble. And this word means this. Things that are honest. This is worshiping pure deeds. And your second line here, I will continue to do good works. I will continue to do good works. When we're going through the storms of our life, the opportunity, the temptation is going to be to set our affection, which is our time and our mental energy, on something other than what is true or great. And this will stop you dead in your tracks. If you've ever been gripped with fear before, as a storm of life is raging around you, you shut down. And this is why the scripture says this, because this word literally means this. This word noble means this, honest, but it particularly pertains to the action of good deeds. And what the scripture here is encouraging us is this. The way that you build your faith and what you have to focus on is this, is that you can't shut yourself up. You cannot become a hermit. You can't just close up. You have got to go and be, continue doing the things that God has called you to do in your life. Because what will happen is this. The other part of this word means this is to venerate or to worship. You're going to worship something in your life. You're going to give the time, the mental energy, the passion in your soul to something. And when you are engaged in a battle where the storms of life are raging around you, the opportunity for you to give that affection and that attention and that worship over to things that are not true, over to fear, is going to be great. And the way you break that is to say, I'm not going to do that instead I am going to continue to do what God has called me to do. And it's not going to be easy. I'm going to tell you something. Listen, sometimes getting up and get going and doing what God has called you to do is going to, take an, is going to take some energy. But God will give you the strength to do it. He will give you the strength to do it. The third thing the scripture says is this. It was whatever is right. Whatever is right. And this word here, it pertains to the justice of God. It's the understanding of God's ability 
to be present in our, tri- in our times of trouble. And here's what I want you to write down in your notes here. I will believe that I am not alone. I will believe that I am not alone. See, this word here has a direct correlation to the word righteousness. And the word righteousness means this, is a covering. It's a covering. And when we choose to focus on things that are right, what we're doing is that we're looking at God and we're saying, God, I am going to focus on your righteousness in my life. I'm going to remember the times that you have covered me. This is the history of Israel. Just, I want you to hear this. Listen to this, please. Because this is how God led Israel in the Old Testament. Is that when they lost sight of who God was, he would remind them. He would say things like this, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you know why he said that? Because he cut covenant with Abraham. He confirmed it with Isaac. He did it in Jacob. And then he performed many miracles according to his covenant with the people of Israel throughout their life, throughout their history. And he would bring them back to the place, and he would say things like this through the mouths of the prophets, especially in the times of exile, when they were going through the storms of their life, of their history. He would say, am I not the God who brought you out of Egypt, who rescued you out of Egypt? Here is what God was doing is that he was reconfirming his righteousness to them and saying, I am the one who will not leave you alone. I will vindicate you in your times of trouble. And for us in our life, when we're walking through the storms of life, we have got to go back to the history that we have with God. We have got to understand this. That knowing what God has done in our life and reminding ourselves of that truth begins to bring the understanding of His faithfulness to our life. That He has covered us many, many times and He will not forsake us even in our times of trouble. Another key to this idea is this, is that you have to surround yourself with people who will encourage this truth in you and will speak this truth in your life, who will remind you of this truth and say that, listen, you are not alone. You are not alone. It goes on and says this in Philippians 4, focus on what is pure. Focus on what is pure. What is pure comes from The understanding of this word comes from the nature of God's goodness. And in your blank, I want you to write this down. Is that I will focus on the goodness of God. I will focus on the goodness of God. When we choose to focus on the goodness of God, it takes our eyes off of fear and puts them in a place of faith. That's why it's important when you're going through a storm in your life, to begin to hear the testimonies of God's faithfulness in other people's life. You need to saturate yourself in the goodness of God. You need to read the Psalms. You need to go through it and hear David's testimony over and over again, where he felt like his back was up against the wall, but yet God delivered him over and over again. 
and he testifies to the goodness of God. You need to have an account and a record of it in your own life and remember the times that God was good to you. Why? Because this locks our eyes in a place of faith and takes them off of fear. When we know and we understand the goodness of God in our life, it eradicates and begins to destroy the work of fear inside of us. Scripture goes on and says this, that to think on whatever is lovely, to think on whatever is lovely, and I can't explain this word any clearer than the way it's said, just to focus on things that are happy and pleasing and lovely. And here is one word that we see here in Philippians 4.8 that has just a tremendous practical implication in our life and the way that we begin to focus our faith when the storms of life come. Because in our life, we have the opportunity to all we will do is to focus on the things that we are going through. To focus on the things that we are going through. It's amazing to me when we read, when we just read Mark 4's account of the storm, that Jesus was asleep in the boat. That Jesus was asleep in the boat. And the disciples really, they couldn't even comprehend. They, they couldn't comprehend why Jesus was sleeping to the point where they get up. And I'm excited when we talk about this in the, in the next few weeks. But they get up and they, they look at Jesus and they ask him this question, don't you care? Don't you care that we die? Don't you care that this is happening? But they lost sight of something. They got tunnel vision on what was happening instead of looking at the one who was able to calm the storms of life, and the one who called them to the other side and understood exactly what was happening. This wasn't their first rodeo with Jesus. They had seen him do the miraculous. They knew what Jesus could do. But instead of looking at the things that they should have, they took their eyes off of that and they looked at the storms of life. See, because here's the simple truth. It's, it's very practical what you think on and what you dwell on and what you meditate on is going to become who you are. When you're in a storm of your life, if, if you're fixing your attention on the things that are driving you into fear or the things that are, are happening around you, that's going to be the perception that you view life and that you view your future. But the scripture in Philippians 4.8 says this, is that you have to Turn and ask the Holy Spirit to turn your focus off of those things and begin to think on things that are lovely. What does this mean? Spend time thinking and enjoying happy things in your life. Man, if you like to go to the beach, go to the beach. If you like to fish, go fish. If you like to shop, go shop. Go do something fun. Spend time with family. Do the activities that you like to do. Get out of the bubble of your thinking so that your mind has an opportunity to begin to see things from a different perspective that are geared toward life. And this is what I love about the Scripture. And I want you to hear this because as you study these words out and you see what they mean, this is literally what this means. The scripture here, when it says, think about things that are lovely, it's not saying to just go in a corner and pray. It's not telling you that. It's basically saying, get out of the hole that you're in. 
that has created a perception in your mind about your future, that where you are is focused only on the storm of life and begin to think about things outside, things geared toward your future, things that are rooted in the truth of God's life. You have to think about the right things. And that requires you to make an effort to do that. Laugh every day. When I'm going through the storms of life, you know what I don't watch on Netflix? Scary stuff. I watch funny stuff. I watch dumb funny stuff. Why? Because I want to laugh. I want to laugh. I watch The Office. Anybody? Nobody likes The Office? All right, just a few of you. All right. Why? Because it's funny and it's dumb. And I'm laughing. You know, the scripture says that laughter does us good like medicine. Oh, man, I, I wish. Listen to things that are life giving. There's going to be an opportunity in the storms of your life for you to focus habitually where your mind never stops and gets a break from it on the things that you're going through. And that's going to lead you to fear. That is going to break something inside of you. That's going to deteriorate your soul. It's going to cause you to question God's word, it's going to cause you to question the goodness of God. It's going to get you to jump out on things that you don't need to jump out on. And this is why the scripture says this, stop. Stop. And begin to think on things that are lovely. Begin to think on things that are lovely. Spend time. And if you struggle in this area, you have to put people in your life And allow people to come into your life with a level of vulnerability to say, help me to think on the right things. Help me to think on the right things. The last one is this. Whatever is admirable. Now this word, admirable, in some of your translations it says good report. This is a highly unique word. And some of you are going to be a little surprised by what this word means. It's the only time that it's used in the Bible. But it deals directly with the trick of the enemy when we're going through the storms of our life. Because literally, this is what this word means it means a good omen. A good omen. An omen, a good sign, a good fortune. Now, if you're like me, when I read that, I did a double take. Because those words to me don't correlate with godly words. But when you go back and you study it and you understand this, that just like today, a lot of our culture is rooted in things that we read into. 
things that we read into. And in our minds, what will happen is if we don't choose to focus on the good report of what God has said, the truth of His future, and what He said he will, He's going to do, is this, is that we can give way to thinking that is rooted and will sabotage the goodness of God in our life. See, because fear operates by trying to convince us that we are destined to something other than what is rooted in the truth of God's word. Fear will cause us to overreach in signs, in symptoms, in thoughts, and in experiences. You've gone through something physically and your parents have gone through it. You say, well, that happened and this happened. Can, can, I, can I be really honest with you? I, look, I, I know I'm probably being way too vulnerable with you guys. But I think this is important for some of you to hear because some of you are going to understand what I'm about to say. My mom died when she was 55 years old. My dad died when he was 56. My mom passed away from Lou Gehrig's disease. My dad passed away from a stroke in the middle of the night. When I started to go through the things in my life, immediately my mind went to a place of timing all the times that my dad had a stroke before he died of a stroke, which started 10 years before he died. And I began to look at that and look at that and say, okay, you're coming to this age. And then all of a sudden, fear began to be birthed in my heart. Even though, even though, listen, because I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. I'd been to probably the best cardiologist in Houston who did a scan on my heart and said, your heart is great, man. Like a PET scan where they put me in an MRI and they inject me with fluids and stuff. And, you know, like 40 minutes, you know, like he's like, there is nothing wrong with your heart, bro. But yet what happened is that fear brought me to a place where I was choosing to look at omens. Do you see this? Do you understand? Do you see the correlation? Or we read into things, or we take the experiences of our life, and they begin to have a bigger impact than the truth of the Word of God. And this is what fear does and how fear operates. And the Scripture is so specific on this Word. It's crazy. It's crazy because when I read this, I said, God, this is this is exactly what we do when fear comes into our heart is we begin to measure it against these other things that are not rooted in your word. And we begin to believe those as a future. But it's not the future that you called us to. And what the scripture is saying here is this, is that with the Holy Spirit's help, he will break that. Because that's something that will bind to you and become a stronghold in your thinking and your understanding. But the Holy Spirit will break that and bring you into the report of the Lord. He will bring you into the report of the Lord. And he will guide you in wisdom and understanding. Now I know that for some of you, you're looking at me like, man, you're, you're just, woo. But some of you caught what I was saying there. Because you've been in that boat. And you understand, but this is why I love the word of God. And you see here. And God's saying, listen, you are not bound to those things. Instead, you are bound to the future. And my 
future for you is filled with life and hope. It's filled with life and hope. And this is what I love. At the very end of Philippians 4.8 and 4.9, it says this. Here's the promise. Paul says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And here we go. And the God of peace will be with you. You know, I love this statement. Is because in Mark 4, where was Jesus? See, Jesus could have gone in one of the other boats and gone to the other side. Did you notice that? Did you see that? That the boat Jesus and the disciples were in, it wasn't the only boat that went out. There were other boats. I mean, Jesus could have just transported over there. He could have done whatever he wanted. But Jesus was in the boat. And here's what I need you to see is this. Is that when the storms of life come, and we take these things through the Word of God, and we begin to focus our faith in these areas, what will happen is that instead of seeing the waves and the crashing around us, we're going to begin to see the Prince of Peace that's right beside us. And then the peace of God will be with you. And the peace of God will be with you. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. As we close this morning, I'm going to have you go ahead and make out your tithe and offering. If you don't see an envelope in the seat back in front of you, just lift your hand so the ushers can bring you one. Where we choose to focus our faith on makes the difference of how we go through the storms of our life. God is so good. He knows you. He loves you. He's right there with you. This morning, in just a second, we're going to pray. For some of you say, look, I'm going through storms in my life right now and, and I feel like they're overtaking me. <clears throat> and as we pray this morning, I just want to come in agreement with you. That faith is going to begin to rise up in you. That you're going to begin to understand that Jesus is in control of your destination. He understands the timing. But He is also the peace that is right with you. We're going to break any kind of fear, any kind of anxiety, any kind of worry or concern. These things are not from God. They're not, they're not things that God is doing. And I want to say that to you again. It's God's not doing these things to you. He's not causing these things. What he's doing is that he's bringing you through these things. This morning in your life, if, if you listen today and you said, look, I don't know Jesus. I don't know today that if, if today was my last day that where I would spend eternity. 
then I want to pray with you, and it's so simple. And it's the greatest definition of love that we could ever understand or ever know, and it's this, that Jesus took all your sins at the cross. And all He asks you to do is to put your trust and your faith in Him. And it's as simple as this, believe that to be true in your heart and confess it with your mouth. And as we pray this morning, I'm going to pray a prayer, and if that's you, I want to invite you to pray that prayer with me so that you can have the security of knowing the Prince of Peace in your life today and to know where you would spend eternity with and who and where with Jesus in heaven. To have that peace, to know that peace, and that's the greatest peace. That's the peace that we all need to have. Let's pray. Father, this morning I thank you for your great peace, God. I thank you that you give us peace through the storms of our life. God, I ask you right now, Lord, for those who feel like the waves are crashing around them, Father, I pray that the understanding that you are taking us through, God, that you are the one in control of our destination, but God also, Lord, you know the timing. God, I thank you, Lord, for that truth. Lord, I pray that you would begin to anchor that truth to our soul, to our heart, God, to our understanding, Lord, that we would know that in you, that we have peace in us and next to us, God. And I I thank you for that peace today in our lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, I break all fear. I break all anxiety, all worry, all concern. God, we... We give this to you because in your word you tell us to, to cast our anxiety and our care to you, God. But God, we give it to you and we don't look back on it. Instead, we make an exchange with you and we thank you for your peace. Lord, for every person that's walking through that storm, God, I thank you for the revelation in their soul and their understanding to focus on things, Lord, that will grow their faith. Holy Spirit, thank you for the strength to do that. This morning, Lord, for those who don't know you, Jesus, as we pray this prayer, we thank you, Lord, that lives are coming into the kingdom. And this morning, if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I believe that what you did at Calvary's cross was sufficient. It covered the debt of my sin. Jesus, I received the free gift that you gave when you allowed your body to be broken and your blood to be shed at Calvary. I believe in that gift. I believe in your sacrifice. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for taking away my sin from me. Thank you for giving me peace. Thank you for bringing me into your life. I trust you. I love you. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Let's just go ahead and pass that. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here today. It's great to see every one of you guys. Love you guys very much. Don't forget that we have our midweek small groups going on still. And then one more thing, next Sunday, I hate to be the the bearer of bad news, is that we lose an hour. And so you've been forewarned. That means this. Don't, don't show up late for church because you're like, oh, 
I didn't set my clock right. Don't do that, all right? Just uh, make sure and do it Saturday night before you go to bed. And uh, I know. But the good news is we get a stay, you know, it, gets, it stays lighter longer, right? And that's always fun. The weather's getting nice and pretty, and so, and so that's great. Plus, in a few weeks, the Astros will be playing again, and all will be right in the world, all right? <laughs> it's a good day. Would you stand at your feet, please? Let me bless you. Can I have a couple of, uh, do we have a few ministry teams to come up? Ronnie, Charlotte, Marla, if you want to come on up. I love these folks coming up right here because I know that um, they pray. They, uh, they know the word. And if you're going through something today, you say, look, that, that spoke to me. And, but I, I just want to take it one more step. And I want somebody to come and to join with me in prayer. Don't, don't leave today without this. Trust me. I mean this. Don't leave today without coming up here and receiving some prayer. We want to do that. All right? So, Father, I just bless these folks in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your grace and your goodness covering them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer, please come forward.